0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace and Peace Church. We're glad you're journeying with us, and we hope that you find value from the teachings. If you'd like to connect or support the mission of Grace and Peace Church, check us out at graceandpeacechurch.org or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Grace and Peace. So let's dig in. We, we're in week two of Lent, and week two... Um, is like I said, we're just going to get serious with it. We're going to get right into it. And we're going to kind of hit on some of the stuff that you actually see in week two um, and and kind of preface it in some ways so that we're already like kind of primed for what's going to happen and what we're going to talk through. The guide is called The Way Through. Um, that's what we're calling this Lent season. Um, and the reason we're calling it that is because that's the, our friends that uh, created this guide called it. Um, but the idea of how it works and where it came from is this idea that Jesus journeyed through the wilderness, not around it. He didn't avoid it. He didn't avoid the difficult stuff. He went through it, right? With the disciples, he journeyed through all their failures, right? Went through it. Didn't say, ah, you're cut from the team. You're out. You can't You don't fit the mold of this whole Christian thing that I'm trying to do. You're out of here. He's like, no, you get to come with me. We're going to go through this together. Sure, Peter, you really messed it up bad, but we're going to keep going, right? Like, that's the way through. And that's the kind of posture and mindset that I think we should have as a community, as believers, um, that Jesus is constantly going through things with us and that we are meant to go through them, even if they're challenging. Um, They shape us. They grow us. And Lent is difficult. If you're fasting from something, you understand now that week two it's pretty serious, and you're kind of like wanting to give up on some stuff, right? Um, or it's been shaping you in some ways. Like I shared last week, I've been giving up social media, and it's been difficult at times where I just like instinctively reach for my phone when I'm bored, and I'm like, "Nope, we're not doing that," you know. And um, and there's something that's being shaped. So it's not easy, but going through it teaches us things. It shapes us. We're going to talk a little bit about that um, here in a bit, but. Um, so one of the things that we do is, um, is is we allow God to shape our perspective, our perspective on our lives, right? Because we get in routines, we get in patterns and habits, and we allow those things to rule our lives at times. Um, and what Lent does is it helps us see some of the patterns that maybe aren't healthy, some of the things that we're super reliant on that we shouldn't be super reliant on, and... Um, and I mentioned last week, just as a little caveat real quick, if there's something you gave up for Lent that isn't helping you right now, that isn't doing anything, scrap it and start something new. Like, it's okay just to find something different and be like, okay, that's not actually helping my faith, and it's not challenging me very much, it's not as difficult as I thought it would be. Add something to it. Take something away. It's okay. Like, if you haven't started Lent at all, then start now. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that we're drawing closer to Jesus we're challenging ourselves, we're doing some things that are, that are convicting us, right, um, to move towards becoming more like Jesus, more loving, more kind, more compassionate. That's what Lent's supposed to do. And um, not that we don't do that the rest of the year, but it's a time of kind of intensity. That's just kind of a simple way to put it. So what I want to do is, um, is I want to show you this poem. And like I said, this is going to be very interactive. And so this is a time for you to reflect. And if you want to take out Uh, notes on your phone and write it down or if you want a piece of paper just to write it down there's some paper back there Um, I would just encourage you like during the this next whatever 30 minutes just to like allow God to speak to you Um, this is a poem that was written by John Jorgensen and um, just has a poetic way of I think hitting on what we're doing during Lent okay Um, there's a perspective change and that's what he's going to talk about so it's like a I don't know three and a half minute video Listen to this poem and allow it to speak.
1: When I was seven years old, I flew in a plane for the first time and I created a game for myself. Count the number of backyard pools you see. You miss one, you lose. When I turned 21, I flew to Los Angeles, which was a first for me on two accounts. My first time in L.A., And my first time losing the swimming pool game. For the least captive audience ever, you try and tell me what to do in case of a water landing. But what you don't understand is I put the frequent in flyer, collecting rewards which really only amount to flying more. Gazing out my rounded rectangle, I never miss the takeoff. The slow zoom as things bigger than you fade smaller and smaller until they become so distant that I can't even squish them between my fingers anymore. Imagine how a bird must feel the first time it swoops down to land on the ground and thinks, that house is much bigger than it looks. I like it better up there. where you are the first to know the weather. Suspended between time zones and atmospheres, I get acquainted with the clouds, cheating death and gravity for $329 plus tax. From up there, I see where roads begin and end, and I want to cheer on the cars. You're almost there. It's just around the corner. You just can't see it yet. From up there... I see small clusters of light reminding me of brainwave activity scans, and I think a city is perhaps a synapse of God's brain, lighting up where connections are being made with the Almighty, which makes sense why most of the earth below is so pitch black. With the seatbelt sign turned on and the man in the aisle seat white-knuckled on the armrest, I remind him that no plane has ever crashed from turbulence. But if we had the choice, Don't you think most passengers would give up before it passes? What if, on the ground, we had no choice but to strap in and wait it out? How many still-fathered children would there be? How many unsigned divorce papers? How many unread suicide notes? How many of us would stick around if we knew that what is turbulent is ultimately harmless? And that, though annoying, the change fee is necessary. Because change never comes free and I'll gladly pay the price if it will get us where we're going faster. But we fail to recognize that if your name's on the suitcase, it's just gonna come around again and again until you grab it. The turnstile of life keeps kicking back what you refuse to pick up. In other words, we all have to claim our baggage before we can move on. From up there, I can see all that. But from down here, I'm lucky if I even take the time to look up and wish I could fly.
0: That was a good one. What stood out to you? Was there a phrase, maybe something that he said that caught your life situation and made it a little more clear or a little more challenging. Um, that's what we're going to do this service. There'll be a little more of that. Um, reflecting, listening, hearing. Deep sighing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Sit with it. Um, the crazy part is in our faith, when we, as a church, come just to spectate and hear what the pastor has to say, it's easy for us to reflect and go, oh, that's a good head nod moment. Yeah, that was truth, and not actually participate, right? And not actually get involved. And and so I'm going to be the jerk and tell you guys, you guys have to get involved. You guys have to do something this service. Um, What Paul does in Galatians 2.20 to capture what it means to be a Christian is beautiful. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. He's got this idea that Jesus taught his disciples, this idea that it's not about you anymore. It's not about your agenda. It's not about you getting what you want. It's not about you, you, you. It's about Christ living in you and living through you um, and bringing this new life. Um, He says, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How awesome is that? Like, that's the message that Jesus brings is that I love you. I'm going to give my life for you because I want to see you do really well in this life. But there's so many other things that are going to rob you of joy, that are going to rob you of contentment, that are going to rob you of what it means to live freely and lightly. And what Paul understood, what the disciples understood, what Jesus taught is that now we no longer live, but it's... Jesus who lives in us, that then ex- helps us experience this this new life. Um, this idea of understanding who Jesus is and being crucified is about identity. Um, our identity gets wrapped up in all kinds of stuff, right? Um, that if I asked you, how do you describe yourself? You would start describing probably like your job, um, your family, your... I don't know, relationship status, where you're at, husband, wife, uh, the amount of kids you have or don't have, um, all those things become our identity and our culture. But what we see Paul do and what we see Jesus do is he invites us into this new identity that says, I'm not about all of that, what I'm about is Jesus. And Jesus being centered in my life as the thing that I focus on that informs my fatherhood or my being a wife or my being a coworker, or my being a neighbor that informs every part of my life, right? So our identity becomes wrapped up in this, this Jesus, right? Like we're completely centered around him. And that's what um, Lent is, is us continuing to center and become more and more, uh, I guess, consumed with Jesus, caught up in what he's doing. Um, so we're going to do a couple things that'll, that'll help, I think, Unpack some of that. Um, Psalm twenty-seven. Psalm twenty-seven is written as a result of contemplation, of thinking, reflecting. Uh, have Beau come up and just play some blues, right? Some beautiful background. Um, let's call it what it is, right? I don't know the technical term for it. Something beautiful, uh, because I don't play something beautiful right now. But let's sit and sit with this passage and watch and see what it says about who God is. Let's sit and just read through it on your own and reflect on it. And maybe you write down some things. Maybe you write down what stands out about it to you, okay? Um, Let's take 60 seconds. It'll seem like an eternity. Just watch. That as you sit with it and reflect, um, there may be little lines that stood out that you can connect with, that you can relate to. Or maybe things that you long as well. That as I read that end part where he says, um, I want to seek after the fact that I want to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I thought about that and I was like, yeah, I like that. But there's other strongholds, there's other things, right, that pull us away. And oh, man, it's just like when we sit with passages like this, and thank you for playing beautifully, and I'll get back to the, yeah, thank you so much. Um, don't want him to have to sit here awkwardly for a while. Um, but um, that as we sit, this is something that we do during Lent. This is the passage that you'll hit this week, Psalm 27. It's in the booklet that you can turn on some music that plays shlublu for you, um, And you can sit with a passage like this for 60 seconds or maybe 60 minutes. I don't know. Um, Whatever you need. But I think there's something about sitting with it that uh, that we go, okay, yeah. It it reorients what I care about. And it reminds me that there's some strongholds in my life that rule me sometimes. Like like I mentioned social media, and I'll keep talking about that. But um, that become these strongholds in my life that are actually pulling me away from true joy and The one thing I really ask and the one thing I really long for is to be in the house of the Lord because I know that when he guides me that things will be different, right? That I'll be reminded that things are okay. That even though there's going to be wars and battles and things that are going to go on this week, that he'll be with me, right? Um, There's something centering about that. And so Lent again, my encouragement, my hope, my prayer is that we would do that. And, um, and one of the things that I forgot to mention in the very beginning that I put in my notes just to point out is like hearing some of your responses um, these last couple weeks already of like what God's been doing in your life has been really encouraging. Um, it's been awesome to see how God's already moving and doing stuff where you're going, yeah, I'm done with that. and I'm going towards this. Right. That's awesome. Um, that's a really amazing thing to begin to step into. And so one of the things I want to do right now is um, Annie's going to pull up this poll, and so this is where it gets engaging again. We did this last week and the week before. Um, I know the question's really tiny, but I couldn't figure out how to make it bigger so uh, you can hear me what are you What are you learning about yourself from Lent so far? And if you're not learning anything, don't feel like you have to do this, but just drop in the text. I sent this out in an email this week and or this morning sorry um, and If you want to just pull up the website, whatever, just take your time. There's no rush, and don't feel like you're doing anything wrong by breaking out your phone and typing something in right now. Um, But if you want to text that, just 37607, and then type in grace and peace, and it'll give you a little kickback, and then you write your response. And um, one of the things we thought would be encouraging, which was encouraging for me, was to see your responses um, to what you gave up for Lent and uh, for others to see that. This is anonymous. It's not going to drop your name up there and (laughs) put you on blast in front of everybody. But let's take a minute, drop that in there. And once you type it in, uh, it'll automatically populate, and then we'll pull up the screen, and it'll kind of show some of the things you guys are learning. And then uh, we can learn from each other what it means to be this kind of community that that grows and learns and draws closer to Jesus together, together. We're not alone in this. And I know that, from my own experience, during the week sometimes we feel like we're alone. We feel like we're the only one trying to live this life different. And you're not. Um, And so take some time, write something in there. If it's only a couple words, go for it. If not, um, just watch and listen and maybe be inspired. Um, Yeah. It's not open. If you click... uh, Whoa, don't go near the TV. Um, Activate. Does that do it? Yeah, Yeah, there you go. So now you can drop them in. I'll give you guys a couple minutes here. Um, And it's just a way to respond to what God is doing and and begin to learn from each other. So um, take a moment. If you guys already have those, if you want to hit responses, it'll start throwing those things up there and we can see them. Nice. Learning how freeing it is to not be consumed. Patience, time saved from removing unproductive tasks, discipline, that the things that enslave us don't define us. I'm not fast enough. I lack balance. I'm learning. Yeah, there it is. Now it's starting to cycle back through. And what's cool is we can also drop in. Oh, we'll do it next time. But there's different visual settings you can learn from it. But this stuff, like it, it transforms us, right? Like it, when you actually start to sit with it, and when you start to allow God's word to speak to us, it does something. And And I think that this is the power of testimony to where we get to see and hear from each other what God is doing. And this is kind of the like the proof in the pudding, right? Like, is Christianity worth our time? Based on what I'm seeing on the screen, yes, right? It's transforming life. It's making us more human, right? More the way that God created us to be. More connected to the source of true life. And, um, and that's, what, that's what Lent is doing. That's what this season is doing. Um, and that's why we, we do this leading up to Easter because we're reminded of the new life that we find in Jesus. So um, contemplation, it's a good thing. One of, the, one of the next things that we do during Lent is um, there's going to be an image in every week that you can reflect on um, it's called iconography. Maybe you're familiar with that. Um, we as a church in the modern church are completely removed from iconography. If you look around the room, does anything about this room tell you that we are a church? If you took the screens away, let's just, if we shut the screens off, they're black. Does anything about this room tell you that we are a church? Hipster lights, <laughs> <laughs> Hipster <laughs> lights and a chalkboard, right? Which could be in any bar or anywhere, right? Like, it could be anywhere. We don't even have a cross the What's that? Oh, there we go. Okay, so we got something. We got something going for us. But you see my point. Church, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, you knew you were in a church, right? Because there was stained glass windows with Jesus. Like the church we were in before um, that had just stained glass windows on every wall and it was telling you a story about who God is, right? Every single one of those buildings... And you can go back, if you go to Europe, you see some beautiful buildings, right, with some amazing stained glass. Those are all telling a story about Jesus, about who he is, what he's doing. Um, You get, there's even, the structure of the building was designed to allow light to come in in a certain way, right? So that you see the heavenlies come in. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about iconography and how that shapes us. And this is... um, Oh, I totally forgot the name. Can you go forward or back a slide? I think I threw it in there. But this is in, uh, the church is called Diminus Flevit, which is um, in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, okay? And this image is on the altar in that church. If you go back to where the church is and you can see the altar, so you can see that image right there. Um, That's the altar designed to kind of create this like, uh-huh, moment, right? That's it right there. And, um, and so it's, it's meant to kind of capture Jesus in the Mount of Olives, praying and where he would pray. And so we could go there, we could worship and pray and kind of um, reconnect with what God is doing, what he's done. And, um, and so the image that you're going to see this week in this Lent guide is that, that hen. All right? And you might be going, what? Why did they throw a hen on this altar? And this hen, this beautiful mosaic of this hen with her little hatchlings underneath her, wings out, representing something. I'm not going to give you all the words right now. But what I want you to do is answer this question with your row, whoever's sitting next to you. It could be one, two, three people. Um, what do you think this is telling us about Jesus and about who God is? So again, this very participatory, like we're not just going to watch and, um, and just have me tell you what this means, but I'll talk about it afterwards if you guys don't get the right answer. Just kidding. Um, but what does this tell you? What does this tell you about who Jesus is? Talk amongst yourselves. Let's do it. Go for it. What does this tell you? I totally forgot to use the mic. You read that passage in Matthew 23 and you start to see that Jesus refers to himself as a hen watching over chicks, right? I don't remember that passage. I don't know why I quickly read over that and never made that connection. Well, actually, I'm going to explain why I think I did read over it and didn't make that connection. Anybody else? Raise your hand. I'm going to see. Is that familiar to Anybody? All right, cool. So a couple of you guys know it. Okay, yeah. So the, I think the reason why we glance over it or why we don't have this kind of imagery is that seems weak, right? A hen and baby chicks, like to reference that to Jesus, like we think of Jesus as big, powerful, right? And even in that day, which this is something we're going to talk about as we get closer to Easter, is that people anticipated a king that was going to come and conquer like with a big sword and a massive stallion and come in and Jesus came in and this is how he describes himself. Right? And if you take this, this metaphor a little further, um, I, I lived on a ranch when I was real young and I watched how hens would take care of their baby chicks and the baby chicks would just run like any, if you chase them, they would like run and all the baby chicks would run with the mom, you know, and then go hide underneath it. And, um, but they're running and the hen is protecting those baby chicks, right? From the fox, from any kind of dog that's running around or any kind of thing that's out there just to take them out. And, um, and I think when you talk about Easter, as we approach Easter and we talk about Jesus giving up his life, laying down his life for us, right? There's a fox that comes in to take that life. And there's a an interesting analogy that I never thought of that now Jesus as this mother hen is now wings out on a cross, right? Because the fox strung up that hen. But we all know the end of the story, right? That the fox didn't win. The fox thought it was so brilliant in stringing up the hen on the cross that it didn't end with that, that there was a resurrection, that Jesus had this power that was subtle, that was hen-like, right? That was loving and nurturing and caring that says, I care about my flock, that I go after the one that's left, right? Um, That, yes, I love the 99, but there's the one that's gotten away that I need to make sure is still here. And that's the message, that's the story that we are invited into. And when we, as disciples, as followers of Jesus, when we think of who Jesus is in our lives, that he loves us that way, that he cares for us. That he longs to see us um, thrive, right? Um, There's a protection. There's a love and a caring um, element to what happens there. And so reflect on this this week. This is going to be the icon that will be in your Lent guide. um, And allow that to speak over you now that you know a little bit more of the background. um, And think of who Jesus is in your life. That maybe at this time you need to hear that he is that caring, loving God, the Father who says, I deeply care about you and want to see you do well. Um, One uh, commentary I read says that God as mother, God mothering all of us, protecting us from harm and keeping us under her wing in times of sorrow and trouble and in our growth to become compassionate and loving people. Picturing God as mother, it doesn't fit our category sometimes, I think, but that's how Jesus described himself that these um, poetic ways of describing who he is helps us understand it a little bit more, right? Understand what he's doing in our lives just a little bit more. What do you think God is telling us about himself through these images? As we go through these weeks, there'll be more images that allow us to learn more about who God is. I hope that it shapes in us um, a way of understanding who God is so that we then are shaped to become more like him, that we are called to be caring, loving, the same way that Jesus was for us, right, to others. Um, I hope that this time has allowed you to engage the idea of what we do during Lent a little bit further. That It's meant to be contemplation. It's meant to be reflection. It's meant to be a time of doing the work of listening to what God's saying in your heart um, because it may be different for all of us in this room, right? And our prayer is that as a church, we are continually being uh, what one theologian said, gathered and sent Gathered here and then sent out. And so this is the part where we uh, are sent. And so our prayer as a church is that as we are sent into this week, that we are mindful that we don't just gather and talk about it and reflect and think and grow and draw closer to Jesus, but then we are sent out because we are now shaped to be different, right? Shaped to be loving. Um, And our prayer is that as we go out into this community that... um, just like those hatchlings uh, are cared for, protected, loved, watched over, um, that we're reminded of that as we go out, right? That God watches over us. He protects us. He cares for us. His wings are spread out around us. And um, whatever we face, um, he promises to journey with us. And, And maybe you need to hear that. Maybe you need to be reminded of that. And I think this is, the space where we gather and tell our uh, our tell each other the beautiful story of who God is and what he's doing but now we go and we are sent and my prayer is that as we are sent that we go and share this with other people, that other people see this that other people experience this and um, and my prayer also is that as these guides um, are not just meant to be a, just another devotional that we go through, through throughout the week but it's meant to shape us my prayer is that We would take time to reflect on an image, reflect on a song, reflect on a passage like Psalm 27 and see how it shapes us. All right. Um, So let me pray over us as we are sent out. Lord, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for these visuals that we have, um, these songs that we have, all the senses that we have that you engage us in, Lord. And and I pray that we would be aware of that. the different areas of our lives, where maybe sometimes we don't think that we can experience you, Lord, and I know that um, that you long to speak to us through all of our five senses, Lord. And so, uh, keep us open during this season to continue learning and growing and discovering more of you, and um, and how you might uh, transform life to uh, to be more free, to be more. Um, I guess, generous, loving, kind uh, in this world that you've placed us in. And so as we go out, as we leave these doors, Lord, be with us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide and lead us and um, and help us to work out of your strength and not our own. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So rejoice in knowing that we never walk alone. We know the grace and peace of Christ walking beside us, that he's guiding and protecting us. Let's share this comfort with one another and feel his presence each moment of every single day. Um, If you want to dig into some coffee, tasty coffee in the back and uh, drinks and whatnot, um, linger for a few minutes. We leave the last five minutes just to kind of say hi and greet each other. And if you need to stay and greet longer, you can just go grab lunch and greet all afternoon if you want. So um, enjoy and uh, yeah, grace and peace.